Welcome to the Outer Realm with Michelle DeRoche and Amelia Passano. Airing live on the United Public Radio Network, 105.3 FM in New Orleans. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Thursday night segment of The Outer Realm. We are broadcasting live here on the United Public Radio Network, UFO Paranormal Radio Network, 105.3, 107.7 FM from New Orleans. We are fully sponsored by the amazing people over at Folgers Coffee who have been a part of our journey since the very beginning. So thank you, Folgers. We couldn't do it without you, nor would we want to. Also, big thank you to Justin Snicker, a.k.a. Dr. Snick, the Sonic Surgeon, for his contribution of his music, his time, his voice for the intro that you just heard. He's an award-winning composer of Halloween horror, sci-fi, and dark wave electronic music, which can be found on all of your favorite listening platforms. Also... Big thank you to Steve McGinnis, the artist behind the banners and logos here at the show. Check him out on Facebook and Instagram. Also specializes in the horror genre and does amazing commission pieces. So tonight, we welcome back some personal favorites of ours, um, Dan Baldwin and George Sewell. And you might remember them from their books, Paranormal Pendulum. Well, they've covered one and two. Tonight, they're going to cover three and something I've been waiting for, the sky people who have been in contact and communicated with our Native American people throughout the ages. So I'm really excited about this because this is a really big folklore thing, and I've studied it to great lengths, and it's just fascinating. So in order to communicate with us, Remember, you have to go to one of the eight designated chat rooms. Actually, seven, because Roku TV does not have a chat room, so I apologize. But um, remember, guys, it's like a seven-lane highway coming down to one lane. So it takes us a while, and we do have to keep up with the guys um, as to what the topic or, you know, what they're talking about at that moment, shall we say. So I'm just going to bring up their book here. And once they come on, hold on, here we go. There we are. Paranormal Pendulum 3. Dan Baldwin, George Sewell. And this is part of what we're going to be talking about this evening. And uh, they're, they're just a hoot. They've sent over a few photos and we're going to have a little bit of interactive fun tonight. So I see people are chiming in. Hello, Z-Sun, how are you? Hi, Janie. People are just coming in. Don't be shy. Come on into the chat room. I see all kinds of people coming into the platforms and um, join on in. Be interactive. We have a lot of fun. And um, I think, hold on. Yeah, the guys, guys had a great time with us last time they were on. The chat room was just on fire. And that's what we like to see. So you have to remember, the guests can also see 
your comments. So we put them up as we go along and uh, try to make sure we get to everybody. So sky people, extremely fascinating to me. This is something that has been has been witnessed throughout the years. Of course, we know sky people tend to be um, extraterrestrial. Oh, well, hello. Hello, Central Wisconsin. Nice to see you. Thank you for joining us. Um, and of course, being ET, we know it goes back pretty much, you know, to the dawn of time. We can see it in, you know, all of these petroglyphs and hieroglyphs and all of these ancient monuments and out of place artifacts and statues. And oh my gosh, the list goes on. Oral history and oral traditions are huge though. And it's something that gets passed down and, and, and it happens in cultures all over the world. So what, what is up with that? Why, why haven't we heard more about this? This is something I really want to delve into tonight because it's almost as though all of this information has always been there, but we've just not acknowledged it, you know, for what it was. And now we make this really big deal out of disclosure. And it's like, this has been here the whole time. So why is it just now that we're making this big stink about it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't get it because the ancient people have always known it was there. And it seemed to be widely accepted up until the Roswell days. And then all of a sudden it became like taboo. Maybe because it got their hold, you know, hold of some technology. And all of a sudden it's like you couldn't talk about it because you know they had their hand in it. Whatever the case may be, we are definitely it's almost like we're having an awakening of sort as to you know accepting this newfound information which really isn't so newfound and so many people struggle with it it's like some people just they would it's easy to believe for example in my field of work where you know we've done paranormal research and have helped people with really malevolent attachments from like day one you know, for two decades. And it's easier for them to want to believe in, in a demonic entity or a really malevolent spirit. Somehow it's easier to digest. And maybe that's because we have been so conditioned through religion to accept these things. And somehow to the wayside, extraterrestrial presences have been pushed aside. And, and I don't, you know, I don't get it because I'll tell you, when I was young, I remember seeing all kinds of ET. It wasn't, you know, well, you know, I know I'm an experiencer. I know I'm a contactee, but I've seen UFOs for as long as I can remember. I used to watch the night skies for it. It was never, I was never discouraged from that side of things either. So I'm sure my parents aren't the only ones who, you know, didn't encourage it, but they did discourage it. You know, as I got older, I found out, wait, this is a thing that's been going on in my family for a really long time, like generations. And we've come to learn that they do look in, in, for certain families, maybe certain lineages, whatever that case may be, it's happening. So, of course, when you're looking at the Native American people or the Indigenous people throughout the world, 
ancient cultures and current cultures, they still have their oral traditions and oral history where they speak of people who come from the sky. And some people have not the best experiences. You know, we, we've talked about this on the Gray Zone Uncensored with, you know, some experiences not so great. But for the most part, the experiences have been really wonderful. Ancient people emulated what they saw and what they experienced. And they did it in the form of architecture and artwork, communication, and they kept retelling their stories. Somehow, a lot of this is lost. And it's lost to modern generations. And again, maybe it's conditioning. But I don't know. I'm hoping the guys will shed some light tonight. And we are waiting for them to tune in. Um, I'm just going to double check here. One second. Um, here's a link. And hold on. Bear with me, guys. Sorry. Okay. Maybe we'll just try this again. I think we're having a bit of a bit of a struggle. Um, and not me. <laughs> I'm not the one having the struggle. Okay, hold on. Ba, 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 ba. All right, let's try this again. All right. So, again, guys. Uh, all right, I think I'm organized now. We have more people coming into the various chat rooms. So be patient with us, please. In the meantime, if anybody else has had an extraterrestrial experience, just feel free to throw it out there. Because honestly, I am really curious to see these, what these guys have found. They claim now to have communicated through a pendulum because that's what paranormal pendulum is, is they communicate with spirits this way. And I know if you can communicate with a spirit that way, you most certainly can communicate with extraterrestrials that way. Because we've tried different methods of communication through technology with spirits, and we've also been able to contact extraterrestrials as well. So I don't know, guys. In the meantime, I'm, oh, hold on. Our guests of honor are coming through. Here. Hello, George. We're just waiting on Dan. How are you? I'm wonderful. Dan is somewhere between Arizona and Georgia, so. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it could be anywhere. It could be anywhere. <laughs> right. Well, it's nice to see you. It's good to see you. This will be fun. Oh, it's always fun when you guys are on. <laughs> So we were actually um, just, you know, I say we, the chat room and I, the audience, um, we were talking about, I'm very excited about the topic, of course, you know, the Paranormal Pendulum 3, and um, I'm going to put this up again for everybody to see it. And of course, sky people and the Native Americans to me is highly fascinating because I've studied a lot of ancient cultures and mm -hmm. their, their contact and communication with what they call sky people. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I was particularly struck um, over the many decades. I'm a, I'm an amateur historian, so to speak. And whenever I'm getting into uh, indigenous peoples and their histories, invariably they have legend and lore of their ancestors and right. their ability to, to receive and work with what they called the sky people. 
And wow. so, well, we've got, we've got the paranormal pendulum as an investigative tool. Right. <laughs> let's see if we can learn more about the sky people and our ancestors. And we're in the process of doing that. And, um, Oh, I sum it up as saying that the, our past does not look like we think it does. No, and I agree with you 100% on that. I feel, um, I mean, I think most people know we've been suppressed with mm -hmm. um, information and our history is not what we think it is. I think it's, it's quite different and... I go back to us being a species with amnesia and we just, yeah. you know, get fed what we're, what we're told. And this is what our belief system becomes. But yet when we look at the native American people, indigenous people from around the world who, who rely on their oral history, because this is, this is pretty much how it goes. It's not like mm -hmm. you can take that away from them the way you can burn a book, let's say. Right. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I know. I, th I, I went there. <laughs> so um, I, I think this keeps getting passed down. And, and some of these some of these tales go back hundreds of years, thousands of years. Mm -hmm. You know, so what made you guys just up and decide? Nope, this is it. We want we want to delve further into this. Well, it. it, it kind of centers around one of our main characters in Paranormal Pendulum 3. And okay. this was an individual that um, I was using a pendulum a couple of years ago when I was at Poverty Point in Northeast Louisiana. Right. Uh, very, very prominent uh, historical sites on the national uh, uh, historical records. And um, basically asked if is, is anybody present. And of course, somebody was present. Right. And through a series of yes and no questions, uh, learned that the individual lived at Poverty Point and I got a date range of about 4,000 years ago, so roughly 2000 BC. Mm, wow. And at, the, at that time, the village was thriving, the big bird mound was already in place. And this individual, um, going through a series of questions with him, well, were you a farmer? No. Well, were you a hunter? No. Uh, did you have some other specific skill for the village? Yes. And it turned out he was uh, the shaman, the medicine man. Wow. And one of his duties, if you will, was he was the main contact, not the only contact, but the main contact with the sky people when they came. And one of the reasons why that large mound was constructed uh, was to receive the sky people when they came. It had other oh. purposes as well, but that was uh, one of its uh, primary purposes. So that, <clears throat> yeah, and that um, kept cropping up. It was reinforced in some other other sessions. Uh, we we work with uh, some very very skilled mediums, and mm -hmm. they tend to reinforce what the pendulum says, and the pendulum tends to reinforce what they're being presented with. So it's a nice little checks and balance system. Right. But uh, there was just enough there that well. This seems to be consistent. That is the interaction of the, our ancestors and sky people, whoever right. that would be. And right. let's find out. And that's what we're in the process of doing. So this is ongoing then? Well, this will be for the, the next book, Tentatively Paranormal Pendulum Book 4. Wow. <laughs> using the pendulum to investigate and explore. Right. And 
that's um, we're we're in the close to the end of our research. We'll hopefully have that book out maybe uh, late spring, early summer. Well, that will be fine. You'll have to, yeah, definitely come back for that. Oh, that's um, it. Yeah. <laughs> my, my curiosity is, um, in researching this, have you connected with a lot of, um, you know, the indigenous people to be able to validate some of this and, and hear firsthand some of their oral history? <clears throat> um, not specifically. <clears throat> Um, in a recent session that I had, I've got, um, got a husband, wife team. She's, um, she is psychic. She has a great set of skills and he's very skilled with the pendulum. Right. So, right. Uh, basically just kind of just let Lauren describe what's being presented. Right. And so she'll be describing, uh, the situation, um, in the village, uh, actually, um, uh, we, we took a, the three of us took a trip to uh, Poverty Point a couple of weeks ago. So that uh, very nice, the lady Lauren, um, right. so she could actually be on site. And of course, she immediately picked up the energy fields. We went up to the top of the mound and uh, she was just describing what went on the mound and all about the village and what was occurring is she was conversing with the the medicine man who's called Jacques Po. Wow. She so had a face to face with Jacques Po and, um, right. Right. Um, another curious, there's so many curiosities here, Michelle. My God. <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> I love back it. On the drive back from poverty points, about a three hour drive from here, Shreveport, Bossier city. Um, I asked Lauren, um, just to, recount as much as she could of what she was presented with because i was recording it yes and she made a note there that um a another spirit that we have worked with in the past was also present with jacques po uh, a spirit known as maria um now i'll have to tell you a little bit about maria i don't think i've mentioned this before no uh, please yeah when Dan and i were researching for paranormal pendulum three right uh, one of the people who was working with us in that research uh, was maria she at that time was the administrator of the shreveport museum uh spring street museum and it's an old old building in shreveport it's presumably haunted so of course we had to have some sessions there really tapped in and was a, a big help on that. But shortly after uh, the book was published, uh, uh, she up and died on us. Oh. Very, suddenly, very oh. suddenly. And um, earlier this year, when Dan and I were on a, a program similar to this, um, we, uh, I think the discussion was going along that when you get into the spirits or this kind of ethereal realm, what you expect is probably what you're going to experience. And an illustration that Dan used for that, where there was a session at the Spring Street Museum, mm -hmm. and the, their offices are down in the basement, and there is a right. spring down there. So it's really cool. And we were having a pendulum <laughs> session. Uh, Maria was present, uh, being on staff there. And at one point, uh, Maria kind of went, whoo! What what was that? Somebody brushed my hair. And, and was it the individual we were talking with? 
yes, I did it. You know, (laughs) the point that Dan was making was that if Maria believed that any contact with that kind of entity would have to be negative or demonic or whatever she might use, that little brush of the hair would have terrified her. She would have. That she would have, you know, run screaming up the stairs or whatever, but because that was not her mindset, right. it was a kind of a little jolly. Oh, he's flirting with me, even though he ain't got a body. It's okay, you know. Right. <laughs> right. But anyway, uh, during that um, discussion on that particular program, that I really was having some strong impressions of Maria, mm. and. The next couple of days, I'm driving around town, and I kept spotting or noticing dark blue Volkswagen Beetles, which is a car she drove. Oh. So I'm thinking, okay, okay. So, Maria, are you trying to make contact? Hell yes. <laughs> so I do a pendulum check on it, and oh, yes, it's very positive. So I uh, notified Dan uh take out the pendulum and uh, see if Maria is wanting to come on board or she wants to make contact. Of course, he got an immediate big time. Yes. Um, spoke with one of our mediums and she, Oh yes, very much. So Maria wants to be a part of the investigative team. For oh, this. Yeah. So, so uh, when we're having our, our sessions, um, Maria's there chiming in. Uh, right. which is fat. So we got to work with her in, in body on one right. book. Now we're yes. still working with her in spirit for the second book. And that, that, right. that is so, so cool. It and is to, cool. And she's going to know a lot more this time too. Uh, <laughs> right. Cause you can see a lot more, you know, a lot more mm-hmm. that we're not made privy to. Correct. Correct. So having her on the team and um, there's another, spirit who's also part of the team so between me dan and this other couple and uh, another person that just often works with us we got uh, we're, we're well rounded right no kidding so now you've got a whole team in place and you're 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 doing something pretty extraordinary i love pendulum work i used to do pendulum work and um i found it to be you know really accurate i mean even when we were doing um, a restoration on our our last home, which mm-hmm. was an old Gothic revival manor house, we suspected that there were, you know, doors and windows in, in certain places. But you know, through the years, people buy buildings, they convert them into apartments or whatever the case may be. Put additions on, and you know, so I just popped out the pendulum one day, and I'm just like, you know did communication and led us exactly to where there used to be a door. So we took a chance. We opened it up and found this most beautiful entranceway um, into a room with all this beautiful wainscoting all the way down. Like, well, actually both sides of the door up above. It had just been just exquisite. And was just like somebody just closed it all in. With live wires, knob and tube wires hanging in between there, which is, that's not a fire hazard. So wow. it's like they were letting us know that, you know, and that's just like basic communication, nothing like what you guys are doing. Um, 
but you know, I, I've also worked with families who have used it incorrectly and got themselves in a lot of trouble as well. Well, yeah, we're, we're, we're not into trouble. No, that's uh -huh. what I mean. I don't mean you guys, you guys are, are seasoned people. I, I think it's something that, um, people have to be well aware with any type of spirit communication. If you're not, if you don't know what you're doing, um, I don't, you know, I don't know. You can't really take a crash course for something like that, unless you guys have it going on and you guys are putting it out, <laughs> you know, but it's, it is an extraordinary, um, tool. Very much so. And Dan is making very good use of it. Uh, again, I'm pretty much researching, um, villages sites in north louisiana and mississippi and right. he's concentrating in utah and arizona in cliff dwellers okay and time period before the europeans were on the continent right uh, and right. he's great success in um conversing with them and again with the theme of your ancestors interacting with the sky people right and we're uh I'm surprised at uh, the similarities. You know, we're talking really? thousands of years. Yes. Different yes. cultures. Right. Different locations. Yes. But so far, much of what is being described in the interactions with the sky people is amazingly right. similar. So um, we'll finish out yeah. that line of thought and see see if there's yeah. maybe an overall design or purpose to it. I mean, there's, uh, but the, it, the consistency, uh, right. I wasn't right. expecting, I was not expecting that. I, I love it because you look at the, the similarities throughout the world, even with architecture, Let's, I mean, pyramids, just one example. And mm -hmm. that's, that's global. So I can mm -hmm. imagine up on the same continent having similarities. Um, I find that, you know, really interesting, but I mean, I don't know, you know, how spaced out were you back then compared to, you know, now we have to take you five hours just to get to, you know, another, another state, for example, in some cases. So these guys were, were pretty much all over the map as well. Mm -hmm. But I guess, you know, from the grand scheme of things, if you're flying, <laughs> <laughs> you you know you would you would connect up pretty quickly and dan is joining us dan are you ready i know you can hear me just nod if you're ready i'll bring you on i think he's frozen uh okay oh. there we go hello We're seeing. you're uh, there hello there you are hello. yeah you're cutting out a bit and you're freezing. Yeah, you're freezing. Yeah, you keep freezing. We're getting bits and pieces of you. I mean, we'll take it, but <laughs> we're still getting bits and pieces. But you're in Chattanooga. Do you want to drop out and try again? If it doesn't work, I'm sure, like I said, I am on the road. <laughs> and he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> he's on the road. <laughs> All right. Well, he, he, we'll, we'll give him another world coming in. 
Might be easier from his phone, so he doesn't. Oh, okay, we're gonna try this again. No camera this time, though. Okay, here we go. Okay, here, here I am. Okay, don't move. Yeah, so far so good. Yeah, in and out. You're having an adventure. <laughs> Well, at least I got. I don't Hello. know. Yeah, I don't know. You might have to switch spots in your space or something. Maybe the Wi-Fi is just you're cutting in and out. That's with speech and video. Um, you guys carry on. Not a bad connection. It's a bad connection. Maybe try from your phone. So you, you don't have to rely so much on Wi-Fi. Maybe you can just, just stream on data or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's a tough one. I know. Yeah. I've had I've had to do shows on the road. <laughs> it's tough. You find one little spot in one little corner of the room and you just stay there. So I don't know. Oh, okay. It was and gone. <laughs> so, okay. We'll wait. We'll see. So <laughs> you are. <laughs> so I guess the idea is going to different states and trying to do some comparison work, just to see. Like, are you looking for a certain pattern specifically? We're not looking for anything. Wow, We're... you're winging it. I like it. <laughs> It's, we, we live as broad as we can and we go where the information takes us. And right. then okay. looking at the individual sessions at the individual villages and whatnot, uh, then we start saying, whoa, we're, we're getting a lot of similarities here. Mm -hmm. um, and so right. we're, we, we, we're investigating, but we have no idea where we're going, I guess might be the way to put it. Right. Well, yeah, that could be anywhere. What sort of similarities are you finding? Can you discuss that? With respect to the sky people and our ancestors, uh, the similarities are, um, it appears to be the same set of sky people. And oh. every time we ask for a description of the sky people, and this is, We've done this in pretty much all the locations and all the sessions. Mm -hmm. And it is almost universal that the sky people are described as being taller than the villagers. Right. Invariably light-skinned. Mm -hmm. And invariably having blonde hair and most often blue eyes. And that Interesting. Is that's the, that is a very common description from the literature. Right. Uh, and I was a little surprised that this is exactly what we were discovering. We had no, no preconceived notions or anything, uh, but that was very consistent mm -hmm. in the description of physically what the sky people looked like uh, to our ancestors. Right. That um, kind of led to a, a speculation that, well, there, I wonder if it's even the same group of sky people mm -hmm. engaged in a specific purpose 
over a period of time. Right. And we got a hit on that. And I want to have another session and follow up and see if, in, if indeed that is uh, what we are looking at or if that was just a one off or whatever. But right. Uh, right. We'll see. And, where it goes. Right. And are, is it within the same time period? Like, are you dealing with, let's say, 100 years or are you going a thousand years? Um, like, what seems to be the norm that that is popping up? The norm is the activity, uh, the time frame. Um, the oldest time frame was 4,000 years ago at Poverty Point. Right. And there was a village um, in my area, in Bossier City, Louisiana, mm -hmm. uh, actually adjacent to Marksdale Air Force Base, that 4,000 years ago, that was a major village. Wow. Uh, kind of the spiritual center of all the villages in the area of Northwest Louisiana. Right. Uh, so who knew that? Uh, right, right. So we've got information there. There's another site uh, that Dan is very involved with. That's uh, the property of uh, one of the ladies who works with us. And her property mm -hmm. a thousand years ago, a thousand wow. years, not four thousand, but a mere right. thousand. That's a long time still. Yes. Long. It was a very successful village. It wasn't huge, maybe a hundred people in the village. Right. Uh, but curiously, uh, it turned out that at that village, mm -hmm. at that time, Dan was present, right. as was Maria, oh. and they were a couple. Ah! And so nobody saw that coming, right? <laughs> had the, the Dan and Maria uh, connection, and we're able to follow that as kind of a little plot line, and that really enriched what that village was like. And uh, right. The past what life happened, too. Happened what happened to the village? So there's there's a lot of storytelling uh, about right. these sites. Yeah, I I think it's fantastic. Um, so with these experiences that are happening, what seems to be the 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 the, the gist of it, or or the main message or theme that they're you know that the villagers are are you know are having with these these sky people. As, you know, are they being taught things or are they being, you know, are they given, like, you know, I'll say like the basic rules of life, you know, live, love, laugh, all that stuff. Or is it something, you know, more dire or because the ancient people had a much different relationship with, with the, the beings so. from the stars and what we very, have very, today. Very much so. Um, it depends on who we're, who we're actually communicating with. There was one individual, right. oh, Dan and I. Well, we're communicating with my pendulum at a site near Red River in Shreveport. Um, right. And I forget what the time frame was. Uh, right. but anyway, the individual we were talking with was just, just an average villager. He was a, you know, a right. farmer. And yes, he knew about the sky people. Uh, he didn't interact with them, but he was aware that yes, they came and, um, there was interaction with some of the villagers and the sky people. And I was curious how he felt about the sky people and right. what, what came out was he 
wasn't afraid of them. I mean, there was nothing physically frightening about them and he wasn't afraid of anything that they were doing necessarily. However, mm. he was very intimidated by them because they knew so much. Wow. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, he was aware of just all that they knew and he was just cowed by it. So that was right. a that was a surprise, you know, a response of a Right. The relationship between sky people and one individual, <laughs> right? But uh, on the whole, it's all all very right. positive, uh, and there it, there is a purpose to it. Uh, we're still unraveling uh, the nature of that purpose, but it does seem to be consistent. Mm -hmm. Whatever the time frame is, whatever the location, right? And the particular villages are, right? And, so. Um, so, you know, the one mound was sort of a landing spot, I guess, um, when they're coming in. At, um, this one, at this one particular site, Poverty Point. Now, yes. uh, it's part of the mound building culture. Right? I have no idea if the other cultures that built mounds, if they had any connection with uh, sky people. I have mm -hmm. a suspicion maybe they do, but right. I don't, I, we haven't right. investigated. Well, there, I mean, there's some belief with, with researchers that even certain pyramids, not all, were used, especially down in South America, like this side of the world, that they could have been used um, as a place to land as well. Mm -hmm. So, And you're on a bigger scale at that point, you know, um, than a small village per se. So it would make sense that if they were able to build a mound, that they would be able to um, use it for the same purpose. I would be very curious to see if the mound is also a burial of sorts for some of these beings. Wouldn't it's not unheard of. Maybe that's why you're getting such crazy energy there too. <laughs> you know, well, maybe they're reaching out. <laughs> well, sure, at Poverty Point, there the, uh, there are no burials in the in the in the mound, uh, so it was okay. not it was not a burial mound. It was. Archaeologists, uh, by analyzing the interior soil, uh, right. they've come up with that that mound was built in about 90 days. It's a wow. huge thing. It's, uh, you know, 70 feet tall and mm. 150 feet long. It's a big mound shaped like a bird. But uh, they, they determined that it was built quickly instead of over you know a long period of time just but no it was put together so we're wondering if there was a um a, a specific reason and that may have been we haven't investigated it right we do right. want to get them on the question of was the mound built because of or at the behest of the sky peak that right. may be there, there may be yeah. a connection we don't know but uh it would be uh, curiosity to see if something actually landed on it or is there a portal in the area that would just where they could come in and out of. Um, people chiming in, hello, Dolly, mounds in Georgia as well. Do you have any yeah. stories of sky people in Georgia back in ancient times, Dolly? That would be interesting. Um, but uh, sorry, I don't know what is meant by blue beings. There are humans that live in very high altitudes who have blue skin. Oh, oh, that was for uh, <laughs> that's for Z's Z's comment. So. <laughs> Um, hello, Kathy. <laughs> so, so we got a message from Dan. <laughs> so Dan was sort of goes, I finally got in the studio, but couldn't stay locked in because of hotel internet 
and uh, Chickamauga. Is that what you were saying? That's tomorrow, he said. Mm -hmm. So okay. that he, Good. Yeah, I just I responded and said, keep trying. <laughs> Come on in. <laughs> just keep trying. Go find yourself that little corner someplace that will work a little bit better. Um, so Dolly's... I'm sorry. Oh, Dolly says, Is there a yes. telephone only? Um, I might be able to do a telephone. I have his number. I wonder. I would have to call him from my phone and put it up to the microphone, actually. Or I wonder if he tried just audio. Um, we could try. No video. Turn off the camera. Um, or I can call you and put the phone up to <laughs> the microphone. I'm getting desperate. Why not? <laughs> Let's try and see what he wants to do. <laughs> we'll see yeah, what he's got to say. There's been quite a number of sites out west, and uh, he's got some fantastic information. <laughs> um, okay, one second. Cat, I know. But Kathy, right here on the screen, Kathy did come in. See? <laughs> no confusion. <laughs> so Dolly says, yes, they do have um, tales of, of sky people um, near Macon, Georgia. Okay. I'm yes. Just... Well, while you're working your way down, <laughs> just kind of might might want to try that little spot and see um, well, well, what you come up with. We kind of suspect we're into a series of books. We're having to be very disciplined to stay focused on just these particular sites and these particular time frames. Otherwise, we'll never get the book out. Right. Right. So. Right. Okay. Hold on. Yeah, she, she's sending it in a different link. So let me just see. Um, it's a big mound. Okay. Let me see if I can get a picture of this thing. And I will just put it up on the screen for people to see. So thank you, Dolly. This is so... You can see it as well, George. So while we are waiting for, okay, here we go. So here it is. So, yeah. so that looks about, well, that's pretty, oh, that's the inside, mm -hmm. I'm guessing. So yeah, I could, there we go. That's a, probably a bit more. Is this a, the same along the lines of what um, of what you no, guys probably, are researching? Probably pop more. It, you, there's no interior. It's just a very huge mound, right, on a floodplain. Okay, so I mean right. it's very prominent, and, right? And um, uh, right, it, its purpose. Uh, well, yeah, we were exploring the purpose. We're still exploring the purpose, um, right? But it was used um, weddings. Weddings. That was apparently the big deal. Yeah. <laughs> Lauren really got the impression that this was a place where people were wed, and that was very important. Right. Um, so right. nobody saw that coming, but yeah, weddings. Right. <laughs> weddings. Um, also, uh, Jacques Poe was showing her um, a particular spot on the top of the mound um, that was kind of special to him. That was his particular place where he meditated. Right. Uh, and 
what he was showing her was when he was in a deep meditation, he would literally levitate. And I said, whoa, okay. Right. So Jack Bo's got some serious, uh, serious talents going on here. Right. Uh, but he was also explaining that uh, the mound was a, a, a place of healing. Um, and he was presenting to her um, that his daughter um, right. at that time was Maria. She shows up again. Right. Jacques right. Bo's daughter 4,000 years ago. Right. And she was really into herbs and using herbs for healing. And she was literally teaching her father, Jacques Poe, about it. And he was eating it up because he just, he loved learning stuff. So right. um, Lauren spent some time listening to Maria explain how the various herbs and plants were used in healing uh, on the mound. Mm -hmm. And for those, those who may be familiar with the Poverty Point site, uh, not too many years ago, they discovered two round structures. They found uh, a series of circular post holes that mm -hmm. once supported uh, a right. large round circular. <clears throat> and well, I asked about that. And Maria uh, came forth. That was her idea that she had enough heft in the village that she had constructed these two circular buildings specifically um, right. as terrariums or her plants or the plants that needed that kind of environment to flourish. And right. Who right. knew? Uh, no, I, I think it's I think it's great. Oh, okay. We've got Dan back. We're gonna try this. There you are. Whoa, we have action. Can you we hear do? it? Yes. Oh, whoo. <laughs> Don't move. <laughs> the gods of the inter, uh, of internet are uh, blessing us. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, but whatever you did, it's working. It's well, at one spot. <laughs> Very good. Welcome. Where are we? I'm <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I've, been, I've been kicking the door. I, you know, I, I missed the show. Oh no, no, no! As I always say, keep keep trying. Ho I mean, it's so hard with hotel Wi-Fi because you just have so many other people trying to get in on it, and uh, I could get in, but I couldn't stay in. So. Oh no! Yeah, I thought you'd come up, but it was completely white. There was nothing, so you weren't full on in. I think you were just everything was just trying to uh, get a picture or or get a connection, but then all of a sudden you were gone. But I'm glad you're here now. George has been filling us in on all of the research that you two have been up to. Um, it was all researching it. the mounds and we're talking quite a bit about sky people and ah. Maria and so, yes. It, it, yeah. It's interesting. George is in the, uh, in the heartland of the mound building culture. And I'm out here in the heartland of the cliff dwelling culture. So entirely different cultures. And uh, we're, we're comparing, you uh, Apples to apples or apples to oranges. We're going to find out. Right. Right. And he was talking about the fact that he was surprised that there are so many similarities in the research that you're finding. So far, it's, it's mostly apples to apples. Uh, right. We're getting uh, uh, mm -hmm. a lot of similarities. Surprisingly so, because we have different people mm -hmm. asking different 
questions at different times in different ways and was still coming up with a lot of the same uh, validation. Right. And, and what validation is that? What is the gist of um, the communication? Like what's the common ground? I don't know what you've covered so far, but uh, stop me if, I've, if I'm covering old well, ground. But uh, we're getting, we'll get your your side of it, and George will just what, jump in what and I'm, say, you know, what I'm coming up with out here for sure is that uh, the sky people was um, not uncommon. It wasn't scheduled, but they but the visits were were fairly fairly common. They would show up. Uh, they weren't considered gods. They were considered people from uh, or from the sky. Right. Sometimes they would point out, yeah, I'm from this star or I'm from that star or I'm from some other place. And uh, different, uh, the whole village didn't go up. Sometimes it was a shaman. Mostly the shamans, what I'm finding, went, went up. But occasionally chiefs would go up and occasionally uh, individual people would go up. But mostly it was the shamans. Right. And uh, what, what intrigued me was uh, the trade aspect. And I asked, you know, uh, you know, they're, they're from a highly, uh, highly, highly advanced technical culture dealing with a Stone Age culture. What could you possibly trade? And the answer I got was information. They shared ideas. Oh. And they, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we, we're trying to get into exactly what ideas did you trade, but the, the trade goods was mm -hmm. concept, ideas. Yep. Wow. So, yeah, same thing on this side. Wow. And, uh, what I've come across so far. Uh, I haven't come across any grays. Me neither. Okay. That's that was that was a real surprise to me. But uh, again, I'm, we're not through researching. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> in the researches that I've done so far, mostly in the southwest, <clears throat> a, a bit over in uh, Texas and Louisiana, mm -hmm. uh, once in Mississippi. But uh, I have not come across an instance of the grays, and I've tried to describe them in different manners. You know. Little right. people, or dark people, or short people, uh, kids with big eyes, different different descriptions, trying to right. work around it just to make sure I was getting accurate information. Mm -hmm. And I have not come across the grays yet. That's crazy. It's so interesting since they are they seem to be one of the most commonly spotted or people experiencers um, have so many bits of contact with grace of all types of grace, tall grace, short grace, AI grace. Yeah, the, little, the little dark ones, but so far, yeah. and again, that's why I asked the question in so many different ways and so many right. times wow. because it was, again, that points out one of the values of pendulum dowsing because if we were controlling the answers, you would naturally expect to get an answer that you would expect to get, which would be, of course, there are grays there and mm -hmm. we're getting just the opposite. Right, right. Huh. So um, that'd be a good question, Dan, to ask you, why are we not learning about or being reported? Let's do that. Yeah, right. let's do that. Yeah, let's make a, <laughs> make a, a sticky note. Yeah. Remind, so, me when, remind me when I get back. You know my memory. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so George was saying that the most common one that seems uh, race that seems to be surfacing are more humanoid, blue eyes, long hair, blonde hair, and and the taller. Is that is that primarily what you guys are like? Have you been come across any other ones? Because in, in terms of in terms of entities, the only ones I've come across so far are the Nordics: blonde, blue hair, blue eyed, tall, very human looking, and Norwegian Nordics, looking. Yeah. Yeah. 
They seem and to that be may be, Yeah, I, I, we'll see where it goes, but it, it may be that we get that description from so many locations over so many time frames because it's the mm. same group. That's why I'm, I'm thinking it's the same group. Right, right. It's again, it's very fascinating to me because I mean, there's so many um, different races out there. I mean, some of them are pretty terrestrial, like they were here before us. You would think that they would make um, they would make contact. If you look at the Hopi, for example, they talk about like ant people. Look at ant people big heads, big eyes, I think automatically, I could be wrong, but to me, that's pretty close uh, resemblance to Grace, you know, the long limbs and, and so on. Um, but, you know, they were, they were indigenous, like Native Americans. So it's, it's interesting to me that you're not seeing them at all. Cause that's, that's, a, that's a pretty big deal. You know, it makes you wonder if there was a certain amount of time um, or, why Palladians or Nordics would be the ones that were in the forefront. Maybe that's just it. Maybe we're in the, the time period of grace, <laughs> you know, so that primarily. Be, be it. Uh, yeah, keep in mind also yeah. the area that I'm primarily researching is a relatively small area of the Southwest. And in that one area, there are hundreds of hundreds of locations. Yeah. I barely wow. scratched the surface. So right. you know, you, you, it's hard to make a, uh, hard and fast rule about that. But again, all I've come across so far is, is the Nordics. Right. And I, I'm pretty sure that would be borne out with further research, but obviously we're going to do further research. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's incredible that, you know, again, maybe there was just the age of, and um, maybe yeah, they territories. Maybe, maybe um, here's a question and you may or may not know, because it's more along, you know, ufology. Is there a correlation between blonde hair, blue eyes, and Rh negative bloodlines? We've not asked that, right? Because so. uh, you go back twenty, thirty thousand years ago, you know, you know, apparently there were just brown eye, brown hair people, and then all of a sudden, Rh negative blood comes out of nowhere. You have green eyed people, blue eyed people, blonde hair, red hair just in the last probably 20 or 30,000 years. So be curious to see if you guys make it keep going. <laughs> so what you're going to well, find. Keep going. Different book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dolly negative. says most Nordic people are type A. Yes, but type A what? Negative? Positive? I'm a negative. And, and I have like naturally my hair is like a lighter uh, like light brown with um, red, a lot of red highlights. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just one of those freaky, freakazoid people. <laughs> so along with 15% of the world. But um, so uh, you're well, very welcome, Kat. At least I can do. <laughs> asking your question. Okay, so where where are you going next with the research? I mean, what type of questions are you asking? What are you looking to draw out of all of this? That's a pretty big thing. Like we were just talking, George and I, a little bit earlier about how the ancient people were very comfortable with beings from the stars, sky people. <coughs> we seem to be in an era since the Roswell days where it's almost taboo. We're not allowed to talk about it. Now we're making this big deal about disclosure 
Like, what are you on about disclosure for? Because you have all these these Native <coughs> American people who have an oral history, and they've known about mm -hmm. it all along. And we're just catching up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, uh, and, yeah, and what we picked up... They're pretty, open about, they're pretty open about discussing it. I've only had a couple of spirits tell me that they did not want to discuss going up into the up into the craft most of the ones i've talked to are very open about it and uh, it's almost uh i don't want to say matter of fact but it's not supernatural it's something that's special that happened but it's it's again it's, it's not the gods coming down thing right right yeah. I, I think that's again something that they're starting to feel again it's conditioning i think you know your religious belief system you're conditioned to think a certain way and there's theologians who have come up with the fact that oh no you know the flood did happen but a lot of these beings that came from the sky would have been revered as gods because they came from the sky because people weren't conditioned by religion way back then not that they didn't have a belief system but not so conditioned the way we are today you know uh, so you know we believe in a creator and everything in between kind of makes you kind of makes you wonder you know what the, what the frame of mind is because you know i've got indigenous family so i hear the stories that have gone on and how um all kind even bigfoot you know some some cultures will tell you oh no they're terrifying other native cultures will tell you no you, you, they're just another race of being that you share space with well, a lot depends on what you what you expect. I mean, if uh, if you're if you're of the uh, the belief that an alien encounter is going to be a negative thing, and you have an alien encounter, you're going to interpret whatever happens right. as an uh, as a negative. If uh, right. you're like well, George and I go out on, on our, our searches, and we encounter something, it's it's we don't jump up and down and scream, "Oh my God, we got to get out of here! That's demonic." No, exactly. You know, we, <laughs> Exactly. Pick up the pendulums and say, all right, who's here? Who's willing to talk? What's going on? What do you have to say? Give us right. your information. Right. <clears throat> so what do you think? Have you even gotten that far yet? Because George and I have sort of, you know, wandered around um, a few different areas here. But um, what do you think the message is in all of this? Like when, you know, they came here to share knowledge what what did they leave behind for you know the 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 different villages of people that they were encountering because sometimes yeah. we have there's contactees now that say they have very important messages and so on and so forth do you guys know if you delved that far yet or let me jump in real quick and then pass it off to george uh, yes the, the one thing i'm getting uh, if there is a message uh, and there are probably several messages but the one one message i'm getting is that part of what George and I are supposed to be doing is to contact people who have had experiences and let them know that it's okay to have those experiences and that it's okay to talk about it. It's okay. It's okay to go seek help from people if you have questions, but it's, it's not something to be feared, but something to be explored. And it's, in some cases to be embraced. Yes. And then George probably has a better take on the, the, the big picture than I do. Well, the, uh, two things kind of came out of the, the, the research in Paranormal Pendulum 3 and is also cropping up in the current uh, research is uh, there seem to be two long-term 
goals, if you will, for all of this contact. And the, the first of which is to uh, reestablish longevity in the human <coughs> lifespan mm -hmm. to bring it to about 150 years as a, as a norm. Um, the second is to redevelop, and it's a, it's a re, we're redeveloping our sixth mm -hmm. sense for easy communication with the whole realm. That once upon a time, our ancestors had these abilities. They lived much longer and they interacted very freely. Uh, and that's why so much of their, uh, certainly mm -hmm. their, their verbal history uh, uh, yes. speaks so easily about these interactions. Right, right. So those are two things that's, that have been very consistent as a, a, a result or a, a reasoning behind the contact. Yeah, so all of their abilities would have been completely in use being you know telepathic communication most likely at that point and having your your mind's eye wide open everything would definitely be with a mere thought you could see easily into the other side i agree with that i find that you know indigenous people and native american people are just so tuned into everything you know, they're tuned into the planet. They're tuned into, you know, like working with elemental spirits. They, they because they just looked at things with, with just more purity, I think, back then. And, well, and even now. Getting away from if, if you if you think about it, back then, especially uh, the, the pre-Indian cultures, you know, that uh, the psychic ability was a part of survival. You yes. had to have that. And so everybody... Uh, not only had to have it, everybody had to use it. Everybody, therefore, did use it. As we became more technologically advanced, you had less and less need for the psychological, the, the psychic development. Therefore, mm -hmm. that uh, that skill, that attribute uh, mm -hmm. atrophied. And we've gotten away from it. And then part of, uh, as George said, part of what they're trying to do is maybe to bring us back to where we were so that we can communicate more effectively with the others out there. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the reasons our dowsing technique works so well is because you connect uh, the subconscious with the telepathic abilities of the other beings. Right. My two cents. Right, right. No, I agree. I agree with you. Um, do you find some of the locations that you're going to have, um, like, like you know, George and I were talking a little bit about portals. Uh, you know, I think, yes. right? Especially working with pendulums, like they would really be drawn to those energy spots. Um, have you been coming across portals in some of these areas in these older villages? I mean, the military bases aren't one of them, so there's gotta be something going on why they would have taken that spot. <laughs> well, well I'm, in, I'm, in the, I'm, I'm in the land of portals out here. Sedona's <laughs> right down the road. <laughs> but uh, yeah, part of what, uh, George and I are pretty much wrapping up the, the winding down on the, the, the book we're calling Paranormal Pendulum 4, I'm going to concentrate the next couple of months on uh, exploring uh, petroglyph sites and vortex sites yes. and try to get uh, devote that part of my research on uh, on portals specifically, kind of target right. that in. Right, right. So well, I, I hope to have a lot more information in, in two months. But I suspect a lot of the petroglyph drawings that are supposedly uh, – what they call doodles, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, have to do with portals and psychic abilities. 
Uh, yeah. It's funny, you know, you'll see uh, someone pontificating about the uh, the Petroglyphs and say, well, they drew the dogs and the horses and they drew the deer and they drew the uh, the snakes and everything because that's what they saw. But those other things, well, those those are those doodles. Well, they're just crazy scribblings. Right. I tend to think if they drew the deer if, that they saw, they also the doodle is something else that they saw or experienced. That's right. And that's right. I want to look into I want to look into that, especially the spiral. Right. Mm. That might be that might be a symbol for portals. Yeah, that is so so common and it's worldwide. The spiral. Right. Right. No, I I completely agree. You know, because the, it, it it might look like it was your or they maybe they're picking up on that energy because it does well, energy if, just if you've around. In, if you've ever meditated and gone into what they call the tunnel, yes, that's what a spiral looks like. That's what it looks like. Yes, when you yes. when you're traveling down that tunnel, that's what you're seeing. Yes. Well, the I, the ancients would automatically build near portals, like energy spots. They just you know. They just had more information that we we can't pick up on anymore. We've just been conditioned, you know, we, we to not use our abilities. So we don't all have the ability anymore, or we've just forgotten how to tap in to picking up on these energy places. But the ancients knew it. You look at a lot of the ancient monuments throughout the world are built on energy spot. And then you have you know, you would have temples and then the churches would come and build over top of temples and they stayed in those areas. Not, it's not going to be any different here. Of course, you know, the people of the land would gravitate towards these places because they had an understanding. I truly believe they had an understanding of how it all worked. Mm -hmm. Right. So, yeah. which, which is why I asked, have you come across them yet? <laughs> well, there, you know, there's some, Again, the, 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 the ability is, is atrophied in, in me. I'm trying to bring it back out. That's part of what we're doing. But there's some places you can walk into. And uh, uh, George had a field of dreams moment with me a, a few, a, a couple of years back when I walked into one of those places. <laughs> and he said, I've got to go over there, George, into the woods. And George told me when he came back, he said, I was wondering, you know, if, Maybe you were going to do a pull a field of dreams on me and just nah. have to you know, get the police out, start start uh, get the search and rescue looking for you. Meanwhile, Don, Don, Dan's having a time slip somewhere. Well, I'll tell you, uh, I thought about it because when I walked into that place, I had like, bam, overwhelming emotion. I mean, now tell people when you do psychic work and you have overwhelming emotions come on you like that. Mm. What you're experiencing is real because it's not something that's built up like a like a tent revival or you go to a political speech where you're built up and you're built up and you're built up and you're built up and you up and you, you cheer or you cry. When you're walking into a, um, an, or, uh, entering an experience and wham, you have overwhelming emotion. That's real. There's mm -hmm. there is no yeah. denying that, and that's that's what happened to me out there. Wow. Um, have you had any missing time? either of you working in some of these areas where maybe you've had contact of your own without realizing it? I have had one. I wrote, I wrote it up in uh, a book called uh, speaking with spirits of the old Southwest many, 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 many years ago where I was with a, with a couple of friends and uh, 
it, it's a little complex to describe, but uh, they were there and I was here and we had to walk past each other to get to where we were going. <laughs> yeah. And we walked past by, I mean, we were on the same road at the same time without seeing each other. We both got to the end of the road and looked back and saw each other. Right. Let's so, see. Uh, that's that's trippy right there. Mm -hmm. you know, that's pretty trippy. Yeah, but uh, uh, to my knowledge, George and I haven't had that experience. But that that was that was uh, really odd. Yes, <laughs> I would say so. <laughs> like, but you know, yeah, the distance you're talking about. We're talking about the distance of a football field walking down a narrow dirt road. Yeah, and you're both walking in opposite directions to the dirt road on the same road at the same time, and you you, you both get to the opposite ends, turn around, and see each other. Right. Hello. See, this is <laughs> it's a curiosity to me because those of us, I mean, I've, I've I've had experiences. I've been an experiencer for, I mean, going back way back. It goes down in my lineage, so I'm not a stranger to it. But I do find that when you work in the field and you put yourself out there, and you guys do, you you investigate, you know, the paranormal. You're 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 in and around areas of power spot. You go to places where you end up being by yourself in some cases and you know very remote places that you never see you never know if, if, <laughs> if you're an experiencer for real or not i know people like no it's never happened to me i'm like the hell it hasn't <laughs> i know it's happened to you <laughs> so how do you know it hasn't happened to you guys well, as George used to say when he would talk to, uh, when he was he would make his presentations to uh, groups of alcoholics, how do you know you had a good time if you don't remember it? Well, that's exactly it. Well, how do you know you, you had remember. missing time if you don't remember it? That's just it. We don't remember. Yeah. So, so it's hard to say for sure. No, we're not experiencers, or we haven't yeah. had. I found, and I, t I tell this to people when I make my own presentations. I said, if if you go out with an open mind and an open heart and you're serious about it, about having an experience, whether it's UFO or, or speaking with spirits or whatever, you will have an experience. Right. Maybe not every time you try, but if you if you go out you know, with an open mind and an open heart, you will have the experience. You will have experiences. I agree. I agree. I mean, there's just the whole, this whole CE5 movement where people are going out and making this big theatrical thing about Invit, you know invitations i i to me it's telepathic i go out and just exactly and there there it is <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, right. I, I, the next day i guess that's it. yeah uh, i had a, uh, an experience similar to one george had across the street from his house mine was a little bit different i was out camping on the reservation uh navajo up above the navajo ration that nation very nice the, uh, above the reservation and right. uh, in an area where i was looking over over the san juan river and the area I was looking over was completely dark. I mean, I could see for hundreds of miles. And there are no towns, no roads, no farms, no villages, no lights, no streets over the area I was looking at. And I did the uh, a thing. Uh, I meditated that that evening. I uh, meditated on you know, having an encounter. And uh, that evening, I crawled into my cot, went to sleep, probably a little before midnight. The full moon had set. And three o'clock in the morning, bam, I was wide awake, set up, and hovering over the river was a, a yellow globe about the size of a full moon. 
just hovering there. No right detail, there, but girl. it was, it was uh, you know, if it was uh, some kind of a structure or something, it would have been two or three miles away. Of course, there's no way to tell, but it was the size of the full moon from my perspective. Mm-hmm. I sat up and watched it, got out, threw over my coat, put on my warm britches, crawled out of my nice little warm sleeping bag, walked around to my truck, watched it for another couple of minutes, and it just hung there in the sky. And I said, I'm going to take a picture. Mm-hmm. Reached over for my camera, and it just winked out. It didn't mm-hmm. fly away. It didn't dissolve. It was there. Then it just wasn't there. And my impression is, uh, like why I say this is like George's experience. I think it was, uh, hello, we're here. You're doing mm-hmm. good work. Keep it up. You asked but, and yeah. we delivered. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because because they're validating your contact. You asked for it and they're like, okay, yeah. here we are. Yeah, but, and, uh, in, in meditating, you ask for it in a respectful and serious manner. Yes. You know, you're not out there. Hope we'll see some lights tonight. Right. You know, it's, it's my name's right. Dan. I'm here. I'm trying to make serious contact with anyone who is willing to make contact, meditate, meditate, meditate. And it, it's worked several times. Nothing quite that dramatic. Right. But uh, I'm probably hitting five out of six times. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. But, but I have to ask, because you're out there, you're by yourself, you're in the woods, there's a lot of things out in the woods, Dan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you <Yeah. know? laughs> I mean, I, I have to hand it to you because um, it, these areas are just loaded with, you know, cryptids and <laughs> and natural animals, you know, like wolves and bears. And But you do have, have you ever, not ever well, come I, across? I, yeah, I will tell you, tell you, at night, everything sounds like a bear. Right. <laughs> everything. <laughs> you're a mouse huh, crawling great. You ever get any tree tapping or <laughs> how? No, like- when I go out, um, again, I go out with an open heart and an open mind, and often I'm trying to trying to have an encounter. Right. And uh, my intentions are good. My my attitude is positive, and you know I can only I expect positive results. Right. Uh, no, I mm-hmm. love your outlook. Believe me, but there are some people who associate. Bigfoot with extraterrestrial, where you see the orbs of light just before they have a sighting of, let's say, Bigfoot. Some people actually believe they're interdimensional beings. So I was just sort of wondering if you sort of fell into any of those type of experiences, because they'll get tree tapping or communicating, you know, across great distances, very benignly in many cases, you know, but when you're out by yourself, and then you don't get the city lights, you know, so so you get That's a beautiful, you go out by clear yourself. sky. Yes. Yeah. And you don't get all the sounds of the city. You can really hear things for, for what they are. Yeah, the bears. The They're bears. all bears. Bears are not bears. Hey, I'm a northern girl. I grew up around bears and timber wolves. And, so it's, it's real easy to be confident until the sun goes down. Right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Everybody's brave till the sun goes down. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Except for Dan. <laughs> Dan will be out there in the dark. I love it because that takes a lot of, uh, that takes a lot. Because- well, when you get out there, you look up in the sky, the, the stars are so uh, so bright and brilliant. It's hard to pick out the constellations. Oh, Yeah. I grew up up north. I grew up with that in the northern lights and just seeing 
all kinds of things in the days before satellites. So you know when something was moving across the sky. I'm aging myself a bit, but when something was moving across the sky, you knew it wasn't a satellite. Right. <laughs> right. Now it's like, oh wait, <laughs> that one of those 48 Starlinks. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you, you just you don't know. But um, <laughs> um so have you thought about this in in communicating? Um trying to communicate with with the native american people or any being that wants to connect with you on this level of um communicating with sky people have you just thought to ask the sky people to come through because you seem to be able to do it to bring them forward or are you that going to be your, your next gig and you just don't want to say yet <laughs> yeah. tell, tell, uh, joe tell me about uh et and mike woods park oh um. Well, actually, I got a better one, the lady who wasn't there. Uh, when <coughs> Shortly after Paranormal Pendulum 3 was released, um, I was driving to um, uh, a good grief session. Okay, One of our, our colleagues is an uh, uh, evidential medium. And one thing she was doing at that time is once a month, she would host a two dozen people in her studio for, she calls it good grief. And just whoever comes forth and she'll try and link them up with who's present. And, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of folks there who get a lot of relief out of it. So I was going to attend that just to lend my energy to the group. And as I was turning into the little parking lot in front of the uh, studio, uh, noticed that the car just beside me um, looked over and um, there was a, a attractive lady in the uh, driver's seat and she kind of looked up and uh, waved at me. I figured, okay, she's probably going to the uh, session as well. Well, okay, fine. I'll walk with her. So I uh, got out of the car, um, closed the door and looked over and the, the car was empty. Absolutely empty. And there was nobody around. <laughs> oh, so, those are fun. <laughs> yeah, those are fun. And looking at it, I also realized that uh, as soon as I stepped out of the car and closed the door, there was there was some change. It was either a reduction in air pressure, maybe it was a reduction in temperature, but there was something different that changed the 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 scene so right. that when I looked into the car, whoever right. she was, <laughs> she wasn't there. Um, but uh, when right. I was talking with one of our mediums, uh, uh, she got the impression that there was, there was a little dimensional crossover. Mm, yes. And we just kind of had a, we, we know each other, whatever experience, but that right. particular moment, we just kind of crossed over and just got that glimpse and that was it. That happens. <laughs> bleed throughs, right? Like dimensional bleed throughs. Life. <laughs> Never a dull moment, George. Never a dull moment. That's Thank why goodness. that's why you're yeah, in well, this I, field. That's for the excitement. Yeah. Right? Yeah, what Dan was alluding to before I went and played with the lady who wasn't there. Um there was um uh, a session that Dan was in town and this, this other couple I've talked about, um, Dave and Lauren, 
the four of us were at, at Mike Wood Park in Bossier City. It's a beautiful park. It's right up against Barksdale Air Force Base. And mm. um, we were doing a pendulum session and we were communicating with uh, the entity we, we called E.T., who's in right. Paranormal Pendulum Book 3. He's a primary um, entity who was working with uh, Lindsay Higgins, the, uh, the the focus of the book. At any rate, I asked E.T., uh, would it be possible, uh, could he present himself? Since, uh, again, Lauren has medium skills and and mm. and... Well, Dan, you take it from there. Yeah, it was it was really interesting. There were four of us in a in a semicircle under a very large oak tree, enjoying a, a really pleasant afternoon. And uh, I'm not a medium, you know. Uh, Lauren is a very good medium, but you know, my instrument is is the pendulum. But Lauren and I were sitting, and she was looking at, pretty much in the center of the semicircle, and I was too. And I looked over to her and said, "Are are you getting that?" And she said, "Yeah, yeah." And uh, what we were, she was seeing. All she 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 would say it was it was a purple glow. She was seeing a purple glow, mm -hmm. and I was feeling uh, an emotion. And uh, if you if you read the the book, there, in fact, we have a transcript. And all of a sudden, you know, you hear a, hear me saying, "Oh my goodness, I am tearing up." I was feeling such a a blast of uh, love. Mm -hmm. uh, Lauren said, "It's mother love." We're feeling mother love. And it, it, it hit both of us at the same time. And like I said earlier, it came on just like that. That's extraordinary. And it, it lasted maybe a minute, you know, but there was yeah. a moment. Yeah. It's not something two people side by side, not talking to each other, could, couldn't create the same emotional feeling like that. Mm -hmm. so it was just the ET going, hey, this is what it's all about. It's all about love. At least I that's think the message we got. Yeah, I, I think that's, you know, with all the propaganda that's out there, all all the media, um, I, I think it's like anything else. You put people on edge. And, and I don't want to discount, you know, people. Some people have had really horrific experiences, you know, that they, they've, they've spent their yep. whole life <clears throat> just trying to deal with it. But um, for the most part... I think most of the experiences do tend to be very positive. If I've had really bad experiences, I don't recall them. I recall mm -hmm. having good experiences. And I'm, I mean, we've, we've had them in the house and, you know, I was just like, okay, whatever. I mean, we shut down an entire upper level of the house that we weren't using because we had a really big house because they just didn't like the lights. It's like, okay, we just kept it dark and just, you know, you hear things are up there all the time. It's like, all right, whatever, you know, and, and I don't know. I just think people have to have to be a little bit more receptive to the fact that we are capable of being all of that, all of our, of our intuition coming to light, you know, being able to telepathically communicate. We're so conditioned to living in a physical place that we use all of our physical senses and we forget that we're gifted with so many other senses that we just don't even acknowledge. And when something happens, it's just like, well, did I just do that? Where did that come from? And we fear it naturally. 
Well, again, it gets back to your expectations. You know, if, uh, and this has happened to George and I have been with a lot of women in, uh, in carrying out uh, psychic research and someone with long hair like yourself gets a hair brushed. If you're Happens expecting demonic activity, you've just been touched by the demon. If you're looking <laughs> for a ghost, hey, the friendly ghost just waved your hair. Mm-hmm. Just said hello. It's, it's you know, it's. I've had ET touch my hair. I'm real funky yeah. about my hair. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I'm yeah. not negating the fact that there are negative experiences because there sure. definitely are. But I've been doing this for 20 years and I've never had one. Right. But I, I don't go looking for them. Right. I don't want them. Right. No, I think it's all about vibration and frequency. It's all about what you yes. put out there. You know, and, and I think that's part of, of working um, even again with, with pendulum work because I've, I've, I've played I played, I said, I play, I was just telling George about we're doing renovation in the house and we, and it was haunted. It's like, we suspected that that architecturally it was a bit different. And and I used my pendulum and they told me we opened up walls, did this, did that. And lo and behold, it was all there. So it's a wonderful tool and it is all energy based. And I think you have to have great confidence um, to be able to, to use any sort of a device like that. Not, not just to, you know, go out and find something sitting, you know, here's a communication device. Communicate with yeah, I think that's the sub- I think that's the, the subconscious mind works well with the higher frequencies. I think Thank that's you. why it works so well because yes. you're directly involved in the subconscious mind. So In my roundabout sort of way, that's what I was kind of going with. Yeah, <laughs> I just yeah, couldn't exactly. get it out. <laughs> <laughs> So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you. Yes. I, 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 I think if you have everything going on up here, mindset wise, you know, and you're projecting a certain type of energy and you're inviting a certain type of energy, that's what you're going to end up communicating with. Cause you guys have really been lucky with a lot of this. Like you've been able to, to not falter, even if you're going into locations that are questionable, you've been able to come out of it with some really positive stuff. Because Lindsay Higgins, for example, she went through a lot, and you guys are really yes. able to work through that and help her. Uh, so you, you know, what started to be, you know, something that was a little bit dark for her, because this is what you talked about on your first show. You guys are really able to uh, pave the way for a lot of information for her. Well, yeah, yeah get, that gets back to the, the pendulum dowsing technique, especially dealing with uh, the spirit world allows you to have you know extended conversations so you can conduct legitimate interviews or legitimate back and forth conversations over an extended period of time so you know you're not just depending on an impression or a single evp or a knock on wood for yes mm-hmm. you can actually you can talk back and forth and get legitimate information therefore you can develop different strategies and techniques for helping people right, right. You, you're not you know you're not guessing so much so do you guys teach this? Because I'm sure you'd have like one heck of a waiting list. I think people are curious. They want to learn how to open themselves up and communicate with the other side, but they don't know how to do it in a safe way because it's like anything. You look at a spirit board. I mean, the fact that you sell them in kids stores, is like, oh, I don't think you should do that, <laughs> you know, but, but in the same respect, it's still a communication device. And if it's used properly, you know, it, it still yeah. works. It's, it's Very the user. Too. It's not the device. Exactly. It's, uh, it's, I mean, you know, we happen to use the pen, pendulum dowsing. Uh, we could, all, you know, if we had a different uh, 
skill set we might be using crystal balls or tarot cards or right. dreaming. Right. This is uh, for me, you know, the pendulum is what works. Right. There's nothing magic about it. Yeah, right. the, the the quote magic takes place in the subconscious mind. Right. Right. George, what are your thoughts? Um ditto. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Dan. Yeah. <laughs> no. uh, well, all right, I, I'll jump in again, but yeah, uh, I, I don't teach classes, but I do presentations all the time for different groups, especially, you know, the chicken and pea circuit. And I will demonstrate how to do it. It's uh, the, the technique is if you can hold a rock on a string, you can douse with a pendulum. The, right. the skill comes in with uh, practice so you can train yourself to uh, keep mm -hmm. your mind open so that you don't force the answer. So that you don't mm. automatically create That's the answer that like, you want to get. Like anything, yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah. We're yeah, pretty it takes, powerful. It takes a lot of discipline to use it effectively. Yes. Put it that way. Right. A lot well, of discipline. Go ahead. No, I mean, I ran into that uh, in the early days when I was doing uh, you know, missing person work. Um, again, I kept running into this. I would, uh, I would get accurate information on the location of somebody. Mm -hmm. And I would, you know, yes, the first question is the person alive, got a yes. And the person invariably would be deceased at the time that I did my reading. This happened over and over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. So finally, he said, wait a minute. <laughs> the, key, the key point in one of the key points in pendulum dowsing is asking the correct question and knowing the question that you're asking, because I was getting accurate answers. Yes, the person is alive, but in my belief system, the body dies, the person lives on. Correct. So I'm Same. looking for little little, little blind blue eyed brandy. Right. And you know, is she alive? Yes. Well her body right has passed on, but little brandy's still alive up in heaven, you know, playing right. with her cat. So, so I was getting to communicate. I was getting the correct answer, but it wasn't doing me any good because I wasn't asking the right question. Right. The thing I learned from that just in looking for a missing person is this I asked the question, is this missing person physically alive now right see it is all in the proper way of asking because i have the same same belief system believe in the creator I believe the soul is eternal our essence is eternal you know it, I, I look at the the body as sort of looks like a, a meat sack a vehicle that that, <laughs> that helps us to exist in a physical place but I, you know i mean heck we could sleep and leave the body it's like I always say, we're going to sit and sleep in the car in the garage at night. Probably not. <laughs> so, you know, we're going to, how do we know we're not in soul school? We just don't, you know, go home. And because there are times I wake up and I've had a good sleep and I'm exhausted. I feel like I've been worked to death. It's like working two jobs, <laughs> you know. So that's, that's just, I, I believe that the essence is not bound to, to yeah. the body, even. No. Even no. with, with the body fully functional, and look at people in comas, you know, they're, they're just, many people have come out of comas and just completely had a whole other thing going on <laughs> when they came out of it. You know, mm. it's just like, it's well, fascinating well, to me. Well, well, my mom had open open heart surgery one time and, the, you know, the doctors were talking, it was really, it was dicey. And you know, of course, she was completely out. You know, they had her out on the table and everything. And they were, you know, they were talking about how dicey the operation was. After the surgery, I was there when my mom dressed down the doctor. She said, "Don't talk in front of a patient like that," because I was hearing everything you said. Wow, see? I was there watching my operation. 
step right out and yeah do not talk negatively in front of a patient even if that patient is under <laughs> wow see there you go mom knew yeah. right there but look at the experiments that they've that they've done in many hospitals you know in in the operating room or surgical theaters where they've put signs up way up on top of, of the cabinets facing yeah, exactly. up and they, they would put the date on it or they would put a code word and if somebody would have an nde a near-death experience they would say oh you know did you see anything yes actually yeah. i saw this sign up there and <laughs> oh what did it say and they would give the correct message or the mm -hmm. date or whatever the case may be it just goes to show you know and then they get the body moving again and working again mm -hmm. and the heart pumping and they slam right back in there so it, it, it just it goes to show you even not deceased that we still have that capability people have have you know astral projection and out-of-body experiences yep. on a regular basis right so we're powerful beings and I, th I think it's really important that we don't forget that about ourselves because we can we should be able to connect with spirits so easily. And I like that you guys have found a way to do it that works for you and that you're you're doing amazing research. I specifically like this one because having, you know, um, Native American in my, my own, you know, background and, and hearing different stories, I liked the fact that, that it, you're bringing it to light because it's all out there. Like I say, people are having hoopla oh my god you know disclosure what <laughs> where have you guys all been <laughs> we've yeah. all known it was there <laughs> so right so i i think it's i think it's great and and i hope that you guys seek all the answers you want and connect all the dots and i guess we're going to have to wait for you know paranormal pendulum for it to get all the details we'll, we'll yeah. let you know I love it. You have to let us know. Yeah, count on it. Yes. You'll get them. You guys are you guys are persistent. Well, we may not connect all the dots, but we'll connect a bunch of them. Well, we'll right. We find a whole bunch of dots. Let's put it that way. Right. <laughs> you just gotta line them all up. <laughs> so but I love that. It's it's just it's a journey and a mystery all at the same time. And that's exciting. Right. So right. we're winding down, guys. What do you have coming up aside from the, your continued work over the next couple of months? Are you speaking anywhere? Is there anything you want to promote? Promote, promote, promote. Um, this time tomorrow, I will have. An, I'm exper I'm investigating a possible past life for myself. Oh, mm -hmm. exciting! We'll be doing that uh, tomorrow. Right. And then. Uh, December, January, again, I want to be investigating uh, Native American connect connections to portals. And then George and I will get together and Excellent. bang heads. Excellent. About what we're going to do with all this information. <laughs> what indeed. <laughs> I love that. I love that. George, how about you? Um, just kind of keep cruising along. Right. I like that. You just kind of go to the beat of your own drum and see where it ends up. I like that. that Big rush. If I'm curious about it. something, I'll go there. And Right. I love it. I love it. 
Thank you so much for coming on, Dan. Sorry you had such you. a tough time, but I'm glad you finally made it and that you were able to, to spend some time with us. And I hope uh, you will keep in touch and let us know how Pendulum 4 goes. Definitely. Yeah, I think I Count understand on. why you had trouble, Dan. <laughs> I know. You didn't wear your hat. I knew something was different. There we go. That's what it was. It's the hat. Yeah. Okay. Well, note to self, Dan. That's my antenna. That's it. <laughs> that could very well be. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you Thank so you. much. And I'll be in touch. <laughs> All right. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Well, guys, we've come to the end of another fantastic segment. You've got to love these guys. They're just wonderful. Um, bit of a slow start, but we did end up getting quite a bit of information out. So thank you to Dan and George uh, for coming out and spending the evening with us and talking to us about their research. I'm really curious to see where they go with it all. It sounds fascinating. I love talking about portals and vortexes. And as you know, because you've heard me do it so many times here on the show, so I think they're really going to go someplace with it. So tomorrow night, or not tomorrow night. See, I did this. I really confused this last night. I'm just, I need bubbles. I need my little bubbly compadre sitting here. Send her some love and light. She's just she's suffering with a migraine tonight. And, you know, barometric pressure just wreaks havoc. So send her some love, light, hugs, prayers, everything. Let's just get her back on track so we can, we can get her back uh, on the show. We miss her. So Wednesday night, this will do it too. This will get bubbles back out here. We welcome back our very good friend, Hamilton White from the Lost Relics of the Knights Templar TV show. He's going to be here live, by the way, all the way from the UK. That's 2 a.m. start time for him. So he's a champion. <laughs> but he's going to be discussing his new book. Yes, you heard right. His newest book, Crusade Against the Grail 2. And, wait for it, it's going to be doing a giveaway. So tune in. No, it's not the chalice because I, you know, I've been begging for that forever. But anyway, <laughs> you will be doing a giveaway. So you have to tune in and you have to, have to, you know, answer the question or whatever it is he's going to put out there because I don't know yet. And uh, see if you can win the book or two. And Thursday night, we welcome the return of Dr. Arlen Andrews Sr., who's going to be discussing his book series, Thaw. So this is going to be a little bit different for us as well. So I hope you all have a terrific weekend. Big thank you to Folgers Coffee for sponsoring the show. Big thank you to Dr. Snick, a.k.a. Justin Snicker. Big thank you to Steve McGinnis. Big thank you to all of you guys in the chat room. We love you. We appreciate you. And we shall see you all next week. Have a terrific weekend and good night.